It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening. If you seem to sense an aura of cold dampness that permeates this room, attribute it not to either defective air conditioning or inclement indoor weather. It's simply because this is rather a special place with a special statuary and special paintings. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this Throwback Thursday episode. If you're listening to the day it's uploaded... Episode number 1,304. It is a July 13th, the day this show is uploaded. You just happen to be listening that day. Right next to me is somebody quite excited. Jimmy, I got one name. Jimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. 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 Hi. Hi. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Oh, I'm not so bad. Once you get to know me. Oh, that's so true. And if this is your first time here, you found the place for pop culture escapism. Brand new show every single day. Often imitated, but never duplicated. The Riley and Kimmy show right next to me is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hey there. Uh, hey there. Hi there. Ho there. How are you on a throwback Thursday? Great. Well, that is, that's, that's real cool. It's almost a weekend. Yes, it is. And, and some excitement happening this weekend for the Riley and Kimmy show will be out and about in Orlando coming up on Sunday. Stop on by and see us if you happen to be vacationing in Florida or you are a resident of Florida. We will be at the Orlando Collecticon. That's from 10 until 4. At the Hilton in Altamont Springs. This is a collection of all kinds of things that'll be there. Uh, toys, collectibles, and a heavy focus on Batman. Right, Kimmy? That's right. If you like Batman, you better be there. That's right. And uh, an opportunity to meet a Batman artist who has not been to Florida in 15 years, I've been told. He will be sketching. Limited time sketching. And that artist is... That's right, Lee Bermejo. Lee Bermejo will be there. Stop on by, bring your comic books, get him signed, even statues and other things. Uh, that uh, is part of his world of, of work, that is his body of work. Also at this location will be the voice of Space Ghost. It's the Riley and Kimmy show. They have a really good show. They're in the know. It's the Riley and Kimmy show. Yeah, and meet Space Ghost. Get him to record something for you or get something signed. Maybe a Space Ghost pop vinyl. That, 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 that's there, and he has some things, too, that you can get signed as well. George Lowe is there, and also a very special Batman person will be there. That is Athena Finger, the granddaughter to the co-creator of Batman. Right now, you can see her in a documentary. It's called Batman and Bill. It's about her grandfather and features Athena. So you can see her, talk to her, and say howdy, right? Mm-hmm. That's available on Hulu. Yes, the documentary right now on Hulu. Check that out. And if you attend, and we hope you do, the, the event... 1.30 in the afternoon on Sunday will be a panel with Athena. We will talk about the documentary. We will talk about her grandfather and Batman. Mm-hmm. And big thank you going out to Greg, the show promoter, for asking the Riley and Kimmy show to moderate that panel. And so many other things are happening at this event. Local artists will be there. And let's see, artist Chris King will be there with uh, his brand new comic book. 
Check out the Facebook page for the Orlando Collecticon to find out more. And we look forward to seeing you. This is, a, this is really an affordable show. Just $10 for adults. And for those who are 15 and under, it is free. And they offer one of the nicest things about a convention. That is free parking. Right, Kimmy? That's right. Yes, free parking. Very easy to find in Altamont Springs right off of I-4. Yes, Altamont Springs, for those who are not familiar with Central Florida, is a suburb of Orlando. Very, very easy to get to. As a matter of fact, if you happen to be vacationing over in the Daytona Beach area, this is really close. Tampa, not far off at all. Or if you're over in the Space Coast, very easy to get to. GPS will get you there, and we look forward to seeing you. Stop by the Riley and Kimmy Show table. We'll be recording an episode. Let's talk nerd together, right? That's right. Kimmy, it's a throwback Thursday, and a couple throwback Thursday things we will have. Uh, we were talking about artist Chris King. We have uh, something Chris gave to us about a year ago at the sister convention to the Orlando Collecticon. That's the Lake Collecticon. He gave us a portrait, a giant Bailey Lugosi portrait that he did. And that was a gift to us for our 1,000th episode at the time. And check out that video, that throwback video that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a throwback Thursday video. It's really cool. And we have that proudly displayed in our back cave. Oh, we? yeah. That was a great memory. Yes, yep. yes, it is. And look forward to making more memories with the artist known as Chris King. Now, we have that video available right on our Facebook page right now. You can find links on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Check that out. Also available on our Facebook page for a Throwback Thursday. I thought we'd uh, well, we'd focus on music because you like music so much, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. And for a Throwback Thursday, I thought we'd uh, go back in time a little bit to one hit wonders for the year 1972. And we have a list of 10. It's right on our Facebook page right now. You can check that out if you're not part of our Facebook page. Hey, like our page. Help the show grow. You can find links right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Ten songs. We have one of them here. See if you can identify the song, Kimmy. That's part of that list we have on our Facebook page. This song peaked at number nine on Billboard's Hot 100 back in 1972. It was one of the first, well, electronic dance songs, or I should say tunes. And it was actually a breakthrough by many. That's what they consider it was a breakthrough because of the uh, technology that's being used here had not been used before. To me, it sounds like the old vintage Pong game. If you remember that TV game, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Y- you remember mm-hmm. Pong, how it sounds like? Oh, See yeah. if this brings back some memories. Can Kimmy identify either the name of the group or the name of the song? Popcorn. Yes, that's the name of the song, Popcorn. Hot Butter is who had it as a hit. On Billboard's Hot 100, it was number nine. Still sounds like Pong to me accelerated a little bit, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Sounds like a Pong game really going crazy. Yeah. And for those who don't know what Pong is, you did not miss much. That's all. No. I, that's all I have to say. Check out the movie Zodiac because there's a moment of Pong in there with Robert Downey Jr.'s character where he becomes obsessed with Pong. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. There's a scene of that. It's actually a really cool scene. It does actually. It's a good thing because the movie starts out in the 1960s, late 1960s, where it kicks off, and you are you feel like you are in the 1960s, and they are able to transport you from the 1960s into the 1970s, and the pong thing is one of the ways they do it, and they do it quite well, don't they? Mm-hmm. Check out our Facebook page for the the ten. That is the ten. Forgotten One Hit Wonders from 1972, and you can find our Facebook page with links right on our website. What's our web address, Kimmy? 
rileyandkimmy.com. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That is the question for a throwback Thursday night. Well, I wonder if popcorn there, some hot butter, caused Kimmy to be thinking about popcorn. And got her all focusing on that, and she's unable to play nerd and pop culture trivia. Can you play nerd and pop culture trivia on this throwback Thursday? Yeah, I think I can. This is your first time listening to Nerd and Pop Culture Trivia. We'll be asking Kimmy, uh, well, some questions from an adjusted timeline. It is all over the place, meaning it's not in chronological or linear order. Kimmy gets more of these right than wrong. She goes into the positive column on the... uh, We're keeping track this week because she gets more right than wrong all the way through Saturday. Then on Sunday, we will purchase her. I will purchase her a collectible of her choice from the Orlando Collecticon. This includes... The possibility of art could be that, could be comic books, I don't know, action figure, lunchbox, maybe one of those metal lunchboxes, who knows what it'll be, movie poster, it could be anything, maybe even vinyl, that's right, records, could be an album or something, who knows what you will find at the Orlando Collecticon, so help Kimmy out, shout out answers, we believe in time travel answers, you are right now in our future. And we believe that you can yell at whatever listening device you have in your hands or you're next to right now. You can shout at that laptop, desktop, tablet, smartphone, and that answer goes right to Kimmy. Maybe even smartwatch, too. So feel free to shout out answers and help her along. The Riley and Kimmy Show, often imitated but never duplicated. It is a Thursday, July 13th. Here we go with the very first uh part of trivia. It was on this date in 1832. Henry Schoolcraft discovered the source of the Mississippi River. What state, Kimmy, did he discover that that, uh, source to the Mississippi River? You have actually been to where that is, or really close. Minnesota. That's right, Minnesota. On this date, it's 1837. Queen Victoria is the first monarch to live in this palace. Tell me the name of the palace. Buckingham. That is right. The year is 1930. David Sarnoff reports in the New York Times this invention would be a theater in every home. What is the invention that would be in many homes starting in the 1950s and then would be in just about every home by the 1960s? Television. Yeah, that's right. The TV. That's what he was talking about. Back to trivia. The year is 1939. Impossible music trivia. But you do have one of the best ears I know. You are a true audiophile. This individual made his recording debut with the Harry James Band. He did it with this song here, a little little sniglet of it, a little sample of it. Identify the recording artist who would become an icon, Kimmy. He would be huge in the 1940s, 50s, and on. He would also be a movie star. A little bit later, first a recording star. Here is your audio clue. From the bottom of my heart, I love you. What more can I say? From the bottom of my heart, I need you. You're part of my day. My inspiration. 
It is impossible music trivia for Kimmy and just about probably anybody listening to the Riley and Kimmy show. Now, I think technology is one of the things that holds back here. In 1939, uh, technology just did not record this person's voice to a way you know him now. And also maybe his style was a little bit different, wasn't established. Your clue, Kimmy, his nickname, Old Blue Eyes. Frank Sinatra? Yes, that's Frank Sinatra, his very first recording. Wow. The year is 1939. Years 1956, this person's single was released with a, well, it was a two of them that they released. Both of them became hits. Tell me the name of the single, the first one we're playing here. Tell me the name of it. Here is your clue. You know I can be found sitting home all alone. If you can't come around, at least please tell the phone. What is the name of that song? Don't be cruel. Don't be cruel. True. I don't want no other love, baby. It's just you I'm mm. who is the recording artist? Elvis Presley. That's right. Don't Be Cruel was released, and so was Hound Dog on this date in 1956. The year is 1959. Back to impossible music trivia for Kimmy. Tell me the name of this group. This song was released on this date, became a big hit, the years 1959. This is dedicated to the one I love. While I'm far away you, my baby, I know it's hard for you, my baby. Can you tell me the recording artist, 1950? Dedicated to the one I love is the hit. No. The Shirelles. The year is 1964. This group made the studio recording of this song. Tell me who the recording artists were. Come see about me. Who recorded that in 1964? The Supremes. That's right. The year is 1966. This individual murders eight nurses in Chicago. Richard Speck? Yes. Yes, you got that right. That is creepy. That is weird. Wow. I. That is creepy. It just actually came up in conversation this week. uh, Well, at work. Oh, that's kind of... Conversation came up about a mass murderer. Okay, uh, that's kind of weird. Uh, that, that's my Kimmy. She's strange. She's strange, and I like it. Just the way she is. Walking down the avenue. Always doing something. Yeah, that's my Kimmy. She is strange. Back to trivia. Kimmy, it was on this day, 1978. Lee Iacocca was fired as president of Ford Motor Company by Chairman Henry Ford II. The year is 1979. This recording artist releases a song that is not a hit in the United States. It was actually done for charity over in Britain. But I think he has a distinct sound. We have a bonus clue if you need it. See if you can identify who this is. 
The year is 1979. The song is Faster. Tell me who the recording artist is. Is that Kimmy? It sounds familiar, but I. He's one of the Beatles. Okay, I was. Is Who? it George Harrison? That is George Harrison with Faster, released on this date, 1979. Hmm. The year is 1982. The All Star Game was played outside the United States for the first time. Tell me where the All Star Game was played outside the U.S. for the first time. Montreal. That's correct. Montreal, Canada. The year is 1984. Jeff Beck quits Rod Stewart's tour after seven shows. The year is 1985. This person sang lead vocals to Elton John's performance of Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. This happened at the Live Aid concert. Andrew Ridgely was on stage and performed background vocals. Who is the person that does the primary singing? George Michael. That's correct. 1985. 1987, a federal judge throws out Bette Midler's $10 million lawsuit against Ford Motor Company. She was upset that they used a sound-alike voice for their TV commercials. Do you remember that at all? No. Neither do I. Can't even find an example of it. It's like, mm. not around. It was on this, I, mean, I asked some of my TV uh, freak friends I used to work with, and they're like, eh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even have that archive. Mm. I, don't, I don't have that. The year is 1998. Image of an Assassination Went on Sale. It's the video documentary of Abraham Zapuder's home video of what? Um, the shooting of John F. Kennedy. That's correct. That is right. Back to trivia. On this date, 2000, James Brown was accused of swinging a knife at a utility worker and holding the man against his will. The event was supposed to have happened on July 3rd, 2000, when Russell Eubanks responded to a no-lights report at the residency. Hmm. Uh, yeah. The year is 2009. This song, off this recording artist's eighth album, hits number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the Billboard Dance Club Songs chart. Please tell us the name of the recording artist who had this as a big hit on this date, 2009. Starting to build just a little. Identify who had She Wolf as a hit. Shakira. That's correct, two thousand nine. Moving over to celebrity and notable birthdays. Kimmy, identify who this actor is having a birthday and tell me how old he is once you tell us who it is. Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Tell me how old that person is once you identify who it is. Harrison Ford. Within five years, how old is Harrison Ford today? Um, I think he's somewhere around 73. 
Yeah, he's 75 today. Oh. Next individual, Dave Garraway, born on this date, 1913, an American TV personality. He was the founding host and anchor of NBC's Today Show from 1952 to 1961. He was found dead of a self-inflicted shotgun wound at his home in 1982. At the age of 69, he suffered depression throughout his entire life. Hmm. Back to trivia. Tell me who this person is, Kimmy, once you identify uh, the TV show he was on. Born on this date, 1928. He was part of a hit TV show from 1965 to 1971. Tell us the name of the TV show first. Here's your clue. Hogan's Heroes. Yes, Hogan's Heroes, 1965-1971. This individual is on it through the entire time. Here's your audio clue. Tell me who the person is that was born on this date in history. Hi, this is Colonel Hogan of Hogan's Heroes. Help bring smiles to people's faces with your fair share contribution to your local United campaign. You can help people out of their troubles in a lot of ways. You work many wonders the United way. Who is that, Kimmy? I know who it is. I, I can't think of his name. Ooh, you, you, if you watch Buzzer TV, you occasionally see him on a game show, maybe like Tattletales. And also, if you watch, uh, let's see, the Donna Reed show, he had a bit part on that way before uh, the Hogan's Heroes days. Known as being an excellent drummer, master drummer, matter of fact. And was discovered by Hollywood being a disc jockey in Los Angeles, California. That's how he got known. You can't tell me who it is. Mm -mm. It is Bob Crane, born on this date, 1928, died at the age of 49 in 1978. Homicide. Still unsolved. Hmm. Even though there are certain detective programs that have pointed a finger at somebody who may have done it. Mm. You decide. Next individual, Kimmy, Jack Kemp, born on this date, 1935, he was the Republican Party's nominee for vice president in 1996. Tell me who his running mate was. Who was running for president of the United States for the Republican Party in 1996? Um, Bob Dole? That's correct. Jack Kemp, born on this date, 1935, died 2009 at the age of 73. Next individual, actor. Tell me who it is once you identify the voice here. And how old he is today within five years. Here's your audio clue. I will not sacrifice the enterprise. We've made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. They invade our space. And we fall back. They assimilate entire worlds. And we fall back. Not again. Who is that? That's Captain Picard. And who's the actor having the birthday? Patrick Stewart. That's right. How old is Patrick Stewart today within five? Hmm, 75? He is 77. So you get that one. A positive area, Kimmy. Doing quite well. Back to questions and just uh, taking a look at what happened on this date in history. Lynn Loring, actress, born on this date. She is 73 today. Back in 1966, she played an artist in the Night of the Flaming Ghost on an episode of The Wild Wild West. And then she also was on, uh, let's see, 
The Man from Uncle, a couple episodes of that in the 60s. And she appeared on Daniel Boone, Return to Peyton Place, and The Mod Squad, and then went behind the scenes, decided to step away from acting. Next individual, tell me who it is and how old he is today, actor, comedian, starred on Nash Bridges as Don Johnson's sidekick, his partner on the show, and then he was part of a comedy duo from the 1970s into the 1980s. Can you tell me who he is? Cheech Marin? That's right. How old is he today within five years? Oh, 72. He, wow. Somebody must have shouted that out to you, or you're incredibly smart. And she is smart, so maybe that is it. He is 71 today. Impossible music trivia, Kimmy, because it's from country music and did not cross over into the world of pop. But this individual did appear on TV quite a bit in the 80s and well, around the mid-80s or so. Had a number five hit on the country charts in 1985. Impossible question for you here. She has a sister who was a huge country star. See if you can identify who this is. I can't go on Something so exciting as his kiss. There's too much temptation in a situation like this. We don't want to say yes. But I gotta say no. I'm torn in between which way to go. It is not Dolly Parton, if that was going to be your guess. She, this person has a very famous country singer sister do you know who it is mm, i was gonna guess dolly parton's sister uh can you guess who this is they were she was with her sister on tv it's louise mandrell having oh. a birthday today you remember her don't you uh -huh. and barbara mandrell well louise is 63 today next individual having a birthday you've actually attended a panel that this voice actor was on his name is tom kenny he is having a birthday. He is 55 today. Tell me the character he is known for. Here's your clue. All right, Plankton. The first step to becoming a nicer person is being thoughtful. Try holding a door for someone. It's simple, and it makes people happy. Like this. After you. <laughs> Who is the character that he is known for? SpongeBob. With what kind of pants? Square pants. <laughs> That's right. Can't forget the square pants, Gibby. Back to impossible trivia here, music-wise. Tell me who this is, if you can. Had a 1998 hit song. It held the record for the longest-running number one single on Billboard's Hot R&B Hip Hop Singles. 14 weeks. Held that record for close to eight years. She has achieved 12 number one hits on Billboard's Hot Dance Club play chart. Can you tell me who this voice belongs to? And she's having a birthday today. She is 43. Nobody's supposed to be here. Nobody's supposed to be here. I tried that nothing for the last time. My heart said no, no, no. Nobody's supposed to be here. Nobody's supposed to be here. Can you tell me who that is? Oh, um, Tony Braxton? No, that's a good guess, though. It is Deborah Cox having a birthday today. She is 43. Moving to another section of trivia. I see dead people. Notable deaths, 2006. Red Buttons dies at the age of 87. Comedian, actor. He won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in Sayonara in 1957. 2010. This person owned the New York Yankees. Dies of a heart attack at the age of 80. Known as a hands-on baseball kind of guy. And had a tendency to oh, meddle with the daily 
on-field decisions and hire and fire and sometimes rehire managers. Who who was it? George Steinbrenner. That's correct, Kimmy. I think you did a fantastic job today. Thank you. You, you have a positive there. You might be getting that collectible, a collectible of your choice from the Orlando Collecticon. And right now, speaking of the Orlando Collecticon, I think we will honor something from the golden age of radio, focus on something that is, well, part of the Orlando Collecticon. Radio was new. Radio, someone still loves you. And that's the Riley and Kimmy Show. In honor of the Batman-themed convention happening this coming Sunday in Altamont Springs, Florida, we're shining the spotlight on the Batman. Now, the Batman did not have his own radio show. Now, that's kind of surprising considering that the, the comic book was very popular. And Superman was a successful radio program. You would think that Batman would have had one on his own, but he did not. But he did appear in the Adventures of Superman many times for Throwback Thursday and getting ready for that Orlando Collecticon Batman-themed convention. We have some episodes of Batman on the Adventures of Superman. They are uninterrupted, back-to-back, and one thing for sure, they are safe for all ears. Going back in time, here's Batman on the Adventures of Superman from 1948 on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men. And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman receives startling news from Robin, the young companion of the famous Batman who, visibly upset, exclaims... Batman is gone, Mr. Kent. Gone? What do you mean, Robin? I mean, he's gone, and and I'm, I'm afraid we'll never see him again. All right, gang, get set now for more Superman contest winners. You may be among these, so listen carefully. Audith Hackenstadt, Fargo, North Dakota. William Frost, Hastings, Nebraska. Jim Deller, Bellevue, Kentucky. Robert Jones, Jackson, Mississippi. Nancy Humphrey, Grants Pass, Oregon. Gail and Dalbert, Buffalo. Rita Schweitzer, Brooklyn, New York. Mary Powell, St. Paul, Minnesota. Henry Phillips, Atlantic City. Dollar Richardson, Tioga, Colorado. John Watkins, Grinnell, Iowa. Jerome Isaacs, Bronx, New York. Florence Brooks, Denver. Pete Kutralakos, Dover, New Hampshire. Joan Eisenstadt, Miami Beach, Florida. Mickey Speakman, Wilmington, Delaware. Robert Grasso, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Jimmy French, Louisville, Kentucky. Patricia Taylor, Long Beach, California. James Harvey, Columbia, Mississippi. Boyd Connor, Crown Point, Indiana. Marion Dougherty, Holland, Michigan. Robert Winchell, Port Ewan, New York. Mary McDaniel, Bethel, Ohio. Lynn Papp, Fairmount, North Dakota. Joseph Ponachewski, Newark, New Jersey. Gene Thomason, Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Chicky Kaplow, New York City. Don Boblatt, Overland, Missouri. Catherine Smith, Laurel, Mississippi. Pat Strickland, Gainesville, Florida. Barbara Hammond, Lewiston, Maine. Mary Kane, Tipton, Iowa. 
Alvin Wyman, Southbury, Massachusetts. Henry Wegeman, Corona, New York. Robert DeBow, Hagerston, Maryland. Junior Dion, Augusta, Maine. Cletus Seifers, Nettleton, Arkansas. Douglas Near, San Francisco. Nancy Carter, Minneapolis. Tom Inman, Pueblo, Colorado. Billy Wiggs, Manville, New Jersey. Leon Zizek of Lynn, Massachusetts. Joe Brown, Vicksburg, Mississippi. Carol Rune, Chicago. Carter Christian, Decatur, Georgia. Robert Godet, Hartford, Connecticut. Jerome Carper, Brooklyn, New York. Jimmy Buckley, Trenton, New Jersey. And John Robbins, St. Paul, Minnesota. That's all for now. More later in the program, so keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Clark Kent, who was really Superman, received an urgent phone call from Robin, the young companion of the famous Batman, he hurried to the handsome mansion which the dynamic duo occupy in their true identities of Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne. Kent found young Grayson greatly agitated. Just as Kent closed the door behind him, the youngster, choking back tears, exclaimed, Batman's gone, Mr. Kent, and... And I'm afraid we'll never see him again. Oh, gosh, what, what'll I do, Mr. Kent? What'll I do? First thing you must do, Dick, is pull yourself together and tell me exactly what happened. I, I can't. I'm so worried I can't even think. Nonsense, you've got to. Now, come on, son. What did you mean when you said Batman was gone and we'd never see him again? Well, I... I mean he's gone. Forever. Forever? He... He's not dead, is he? I... I'm afraid he is. Why do you say that? Because he told me before he went away, if he didn't come back within a week, and and if I didn't hear from him, I'd probably never see him again. How long ago was that? It was exactly 12 days ago. I see. Did he tell you where he was going? No, no, I asked him, but he said he couldn't tell me. Well, that's rather unusual. I mean, for Batman not to tell you, isn't it? It's the first time it ever happened. Did he give you any idea why he was going away? None at all. He just told me that something very important had come up. Something he just couldn't tell me about. That's odd. And then he said if he wasn't back inside of a week, he, he might never come back. Now I'm scared, Mr. Kent. Uh, I... uh, uh, take it easy, son. Take it easy. Look, were you and Batman working on any particular case when he went away? No. For once, everything was nice and peaceful. It was, eh? Yes, that's why I can't understand it. Hmm. Did you question Alfred, your butler? Maybe Batman said something to him. No, he didn't. I asked Alfred. What about the police? Did you call Inspector Henderson? Not yet. Because I kept hoping Batman would show up. I see. And besides, he always told me if ever I was in trouble and he wasn't around, I was to call you. Uh Uh-huh. Well, obviously he knew he was going into something dangerous or he wouldn't have said what he did. But what gets me is that he didn't leave some, some clue for one of us just in case. You'd think he'd do that. But I know he didn't because I... Wait, Dick. Do you know where Batman keeps his private papers? Yes, in a vault in his bedroom. Why? Do you have a key to the vault? It's a combination lock. I know the combination. Good. Let's go up and have a look at this vault. It's just possible we'll find a clue there. Well, looked at everything except Batman's will, Dick. Unless there's something in that to give us a lead, I'll admit I'm stumped. Might as well open it and see, Mr. King. I suppose so. Well, here goes. Very short. I, Bruce Wayne, being of sound health and mind, declare this to be my last will and testament. Lists several charities he leaves a lot of money to, and and I bequeath the bulk of my estate to my friend Richard Grayson. That's you. Look, are you sure there isn't anything else in his will? No. Nothing that would give us a lead. Oh, gosh. What'll we do, Mr. I don't know. Somehow this just doesn't add up, Dick. 
I'm sure Batman wouldn't have walked out knowing he might never come back without leaving some tiny hint. Wait a minute. Maybe he couldn't. Didn't have time. Didn't have time. Look, where were you and Batman? I mean, the last time you saw him. Right here. I was asleep in my room. He came in and woke me up. Was he alone? Sure. He... Wait a minute. I've been so upset, I forgot about it. Forgot about what? I think there was somebody with him. Somebody who was standing right outside my door. Can you remember who it was? It was too dark to see well, but I think it was the same man Batman was talking to in the study. When was this? Earlier in the evening. Some man came to see Batman. He took him into the study downstairs. I see. Did you get a look at him? No, I was getting ready for bed when I heard the doorbell. Batman let him in, and then I heard their voices in the study. Did you hear anything they said? No. The study door was closed, you see, and I was pretty sleepy. So all I heard was a murmur of their voices. I see. Then Batman disappeared that night. Yes. And now I'm almost sure that man, whoever he was, was standing right outside my bedroom door when Batman said goodbye to me. And that may be why Batman couldn't tell you any more at that time. That's right. Of course. Come on, Dick. Let's go down to the study. I want to have a look around there with you. luck, Dick? See anything odd, out of place? No, Mr. Kent. I can't find anything in this room that wasn't here before. Uh, I can't make this add up, Dick. Because I'm so sure Batman wouldn't have walked out without leaving us some hint or... Wait a minute, what's this? Oh, that's our recording machine. We use it to record important phone calls or some special radio programs. I see. When's the last time you or Batman used it, do you remember? Well, sure. Time we were trailing the Umbrella Man. Oh? We expected him to call up and try and make a deal with us. He did, and the recording of his phone call helped to send him to jail. Yes, I remember that story. That was several months ago. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Well, you must have used it since then. No, that was the last time. I remember because I put a new spool of recording wire on the machine just a day or two before Batman disappeared. And we had no occasion to use it since. Well, there's something recorded on that new wire, Dick. Huh? Holy smokes, is there? Uh-huh. And this may be just what we're looking for. What do you mean, Mr. Kent? If the wire was blank a day or two before Batman disappeared, and now there's something recorded on it, it may mean Batman used the machine when he was with the stranger on the night he disappeared. You mean Batman might have recorded something on the machine to tell us where he went? Could be. Let's play the recording back and find out. Eagerly, Clark, Kent, and Dick Grayson prepare to play back the recording. Will they hear anything that will give them a clue to the disappearance of the famous Batman? We'll be back in a moment to find out in the dramatic climax of today's episode. So keep listening. Stand by now for more contest winners. Here they are. Anthony Tolerico, Brooklyn, New York. Sven Bauman, Rochester, New York. William Ellis, Roxbury, Massachusetts. Bob Saylor, Holland, Kentucky. Sylvia Sherman, Norwich, Connecticut. Wilma Hill, Springfield, Missouri. Dana Sorantos, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Jeremiah Lee, Columbus, Ohio. David McHole, Tacoma Park, Maryland. Carl Vassar, Pittsburgh, Massachusetts. Robert Tillman, Washington, D.C. Paul Berenger, Denver. Billy Swanson of Miami, Florida. Howard White, Dover, Delaware. Alan Waxman, Denver. Warren Gunter, Rodando, California. Joyce Kohler, Louisville, Kentucky. Lorreen Gertz. Victoria, Kansas, Bruce Bogard, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Patty Bowles, Morristown, Indiana, John Crew, Oak Park, Illinois, Charlotte Redmond, Atlanta, Georgia, William Chase, Newton Center, Massachusetts, Noah Shine, Bridgeport, Connecticut, John Campbell, Hyatts, Maryland, Daryl Senier, Alton, Illinois, Robert Sullivan, Concord, New Hampshire, Gerald Hyman, Trenton, New Jersey, Joan Sadler, Bowling Green, Kentucky, 
Gary Shelton, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Alfred Handy, Astoria, Long Island, Della Folkler, East Akron, Ohio, Charles Brown, Rochester, New York, Mary Haggins, Wilmington, North Carolina, Virginia Carrington, Oklahoma City, Ronnie Hoban of Woodridge, New Jersey, Roswell Rudd, Clinton, New York, Jack Moore, Alabama City, Billy Clark, Grand Haven, Michigan, John Davis, St. Louis, Arlene Klein, Newark, New Jersey, Carol Pace of Elwood, Indiana, Johanna Prescott, Sioux City, Frank Wright, Los Angeles, Judith Wilson, Brooklyn, New York, Judy Yoxthimer, Warren, Ohio, Carolyn Newton, Wilmington, North Carolina, Constance Brown, Milledgeville, Georgia, Robert Moltz, Bronx, New York, and Ethel Miller of Cape Girardeau, Missouri. That's all we have time for today, gang. If you weren't among these, you may be on tomorrow's list. So don't fail to listen. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In the famous Batman study, Clark Kent and Dick Grayson, who is Robin, are about to play back a spool of wire discovered in a recording machine in an effort to find a clue to Batman's mysterious disappearance. Adjusting the machine, Kent calls out... Okay, Dick, turn it on. Right, Mr. Kent, here it goes. That's a strange request, Mr. Uh, Jones, you said your name was? That's Batman, Mr. Jones is right, Mr. Wayne. But strange or not, I insist that you come to my place with me now to discuss the matter. Is that the man you heard with Batman that night, Dick? Uh Uh-huh. Why can't we discuss it right here? Because, as I explained before, I prefer to discuss such an important matter in my own home. Or in some uh, neutral place, if you prefer. You think I might have spies around here, huh? Let's just say I prefer not to take chances. I see. What are they talking about? Quiet, Dick. You'll find out. You don't want to take chances, but you don't hesitate to ask me to take them. You come here with some cock-and-bull story... It's not a cock-and-bull story, Mr. Wayne. I've told you the truth. Maybe. And maybe your name is Jones. But you must admit it sounds pretty fishy. I mean, telling me as little as you have and then asking me to go somewhere with you alone. How do I know you're not leading me into an ambush? Why should I? Well, I am pretty rich, you know. You may have some ransom idea in your head. Gosh, listen to That's sheer nonsense, Mr. Wayne, as you'll find out. But we're wasting time. Will you come to my place? Sorry, Mr. Jones. I'm not a coward, but neither am I a fool. You'll have to tell me more. And if I refuse? I don't go with you. I think you will, Mr. Wayne, because if you don't... Then what? Then I shall be compelled to reveal to the world that you, Bruce Wayne, are Batman. What's that? Christopher Columbus. Yes, Mr. Wayne. I will publicly reveal that you, Bruce Wayne, and the famous Batman are one and the same. Shocked, Clark Kent and Dick Grayson stare at each other in wonder and dismay as the recording completes its playback. Who is the mysterious and threatening Mr. Jones who has somehow discovered the secret of Batman's double identity? The secret Batman cherishes as much as Clark Kent guards his own identity as Superman. And what has happened to Batman? Tomorrow, Kent and Robin receive an even greater shock. So don't fail to listen, fellows and girls. Be sure to tune in same time, same station for Chapter 2 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Superman!
it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman and Robin hear a conversation between the missing Batman and a stranger on a wire recording and receive the shock of their lives. I think you'll do as I say, Mr. Wayne, because if you refuse... Yes, if I refuse... Then I will reveal to the world that you, Bruce Wayne, are Batman. All right, gang, get set now for more Superman contest winners. You may be among these, so listen carefully. George Leon, New York City. Vernon Lind, Escanaba, Michigan. Carol Reed, Dorchester, Massachusetts. Marianne Porter, St. Louis. Robert Schwartzwald, Brooklyn, New York. Patricia Kennedy, Bakersfield, California. Stephen Pinter, Regal Park, New York. Barbara Knox, Suffield, Connecticut. Dick Ritholt, Chicago. Betsy Burton, Tifton, Georgia. Christine Guptill, Peabody, Massachusetts. James Baca, Hancock, Michigan. Paul Schlamowitz, Brooklyn, New York. Joan Del Grande, San Francisco, Robert Josephs, Boston, Lois Eaton, Newington, Connecticut, Bobby Maynard, Pentwater, Michigan, Elaine Henley, Bainbridge, Georgia, Melba Parnell, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Joanne Hazelwood, Cincinnati, Anthony Mignon, Brooklyn, New York, Jimmy Kilpatrick, Glenside, Pennsylvania, Roland Moeller, Buffalo, New York, Dorothy Firely, Bridgeport, Pennsylvania, Nancy Mesnick, Alexandria, Virginia, Kenneth Palmer, Rutland, Vermont, Phil Hayes, Salt Lake City, Charles Petros, Dallas, Texas, Walter Williams, Portsmouth, Virginia, Phyllis Santerson, Woodhaven, New York, Edward Welcome, West Hartford, Connecticut, Aline Rayfield, Knoxville, Tennessee, Donald Barnhart, Mitchell, South Dakota, uh, Francis Ganey, Hartsville, South Carolina, Donald Young, Newport, Rhode Island, Nancy Mong, Huntington, Pennsylvania, Beatrice Allen, Waterloo, Wisconsin, Ronald Travis, Fairmont, West Virginia, Don Vernon, Seattle, Washington, Gordon Thomas, Arlington, Virginia, Bill Schmidt, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, John Alper, New York City, Donald Campbell, Bradford, Pennsylvania, David Waters, Arlington, Virginia, Ruth Patton, Madison, Wisconsin, Joel Siegel, Philadelphia, Stanley Koslowski, Bremerton, Washington, Eddie Power, Marshall, Texas, Carol Hogg, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and Alice Johansson, Seattle, Washington. That's all for now. More later in the program, so be sure to keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman. Insisting that he was unable to explain, Batman told Robin, his young companion, that he was going away. And he added that if he failed to return after one week, Robin might never see him again. When 12 days went by and Batman failed to return, Robin summoned Clark Kent, who is really Superman. Together they searched for a clue to Batman's disappearance. And then, in a recording machine, Kent discovered a wire recording of a conversation between Batman and a mysterious man named Jones. Holy smokes, Mr. Kent. Did you hear what that man said? Yes, I did. He knows Bruce is Batman. So it seems. How did he ever find that out? I don't know, Dick. But it appears that somehow he did find it out, and he must have used that information to make Batman go away with him, under threat that he'd expose Bruce's double identity if he didn't. Right, but who is he? How did he find out Bruce is Batman? Where did he take him? You got me. All we know is that the man's name is Jones. Or is it? Who knows? And even if it is, that's a pretty slim clue. There are only a couple of million people named Jones, you know. I know. So where are we? Oh, we're in no place yet. 
Look, do you mind if I play this recording once again, Dick? No, but what do you expect to get out well, of it? Well, there was something vaguely familiar about the voice of that fellow Jones. Gosh, do you think you know him? No, not sure, but I think I've heard his voice before. I'm going to start the recording anyway. Please don't say anything until it's over, will you, Dick? No, I'll make like a clam, Mr. Kent. Okay, good. Here goes. That's a strange request, Mr. Uh, Jones, you said your name was? Jones is right, Mr. Wayne. But strange or not, I insist that you come to my place with me now to discuss the matter. But why? Why can't we discuss it right here? Because, as I explained before, I prefer to discuss such an important matter in my own home. Or in some uh, neutral place, if you prefer. <laughs> you think I might have spies around here, huh? Let's just say I prefer not to take chances. <laughs> I see. You know, you amuse me, Mr. Jones. You don't want to take chances, but you don't hesitate to ask me to take them. You've come here with some cock-and-bull story. It's not a cock-and-bull story, Mr. Wayne. I've told you the truth. Maybe. And maybe your name is Jones. But you must admit it sounds pretty fishy. I mean, telling me as little as you have and then asking me to go somewhere with you alone. How do I know you're not leading me into an ambush? Why should I? Well, I am pretty rich, you know. You may have some ransom idea in your head. That's sheer nonsense, Mr. Wayne, as you'll find out. But we're wasting time. Will you come to my place? Sorry, Mr. Jones. I'm not a coward, but neither am I a fool. You'll have to tell me more. That's enough. And if I refuse? I don't go. Well, do you recognize that guy Jones's voice? Do you know who he is? Nope. Oh, shucks. But now I know definitely that I've heard his voice before, Dick. Oh, if only I could place him. I'd like to place him, too, at the end of my fist. Well, you may get that chance. Uh, do you have a pair of shears, Dick? Uh-huh. There's a pair right here in this drawer. Will you please let me have them? Sure, but what do you want him for? I'm going to cut off the last 10 or 15 seconds of the recording wire, the part where Jones tells Bruce he's Batman. But why? Because I'm going to play this recording for several people. And I don't think Bruce would want them to learn his double identity, do you? Oh, I should say not. Here are the shears. Thanks. Look, uh, who are you going to play the recording for, Mr. Kent? For the police department and for the staff at the Daily Planet. Maybe someone can help us identify Jones. Swell idea. Give me a hand with a spool of wire, please, Dick. We've got to work fast. Lois, Jim, you too, Beanie. Listen carefully to this recording of a conversation between Bruce Wayne and a man he calls Jones. I want you to see if you can recognize Jones's voice. All right, Dick, turn on the machine. Here it goes, Mr. Kent. Listen now, all of you. That's a strange request, Mr. Uh, Jones. You said your name was? Jones is right, Mr. Wayne. But strange or not, I... Inspector, if you and your men will listen carefully to this recording, one of you may be able to identify the mysterious Mr. Jones. Here it goes. That's a strange request, Mr. Uh, Jones, you said your name was? Jones is right, Mr. Wayne. But strange or not, I... Well, nobody at either the police department or the Daily Planet recognized Jones's voice. No. Now, where do we go from here, Mr. Kent? Gosh, I don't know, Dick. Let me think a minute, will you? Go ahead. I'm afraid you'll have to do the thinking for both of us because I'm so upset my head just keeps going around in circles. If we only had some idea of what he wanted with Batman. And if only I could place his voice. Yeah, if... if only... Oh, say, listen, Dick. Inspector Henderson was going to have a fingerprint expert go over the study in your house. Have you heard from him yet? Not yet. Do you want me to give him a ring? No, no, no. Let's wait a little while and then... Oh, excuse me, wait. Clark Kent speaking. Oh, yes, Inspector. Did your fingerprint man turn up at... Oh. They didn't, eh? 
I was afraid of that. Yes, I'm listening. What? What did you say? What's up, Mr. King? Say that again, Inspector. Oh, no. What? That's impossible. What is it, Mr. Just King? Just a minute, Dick. What? I can't believe it. You did, huh? You're positive? I see. All right, thanks, Inspector. Yes, you bet we will. Right. So long. What gives, Mr. Kent? Plenty, but don't stop to ask questions now, Dick. Just come with me. Where? What happened? I'm not sure, but either Inspector Henderson has gone crazy or we have. Come on. Grim-faced, Clark Kent hurries from his office, followed by the puzzled Dick Grayson. What amazing news did Kent receive from Inspector Henderson? We'll be back in a moment to find out, so keep listening. Stand by now for more contest winners. Here they are. Charles Depp, Waterloo, Wisconsin. Catherine Bartley, Houston, Texas. Katrina Dunlap, Alexandria, Virginia. Fred Fisher, Philadelphia. Ernest Tate, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Louis Venuti, Philadelphia. Ronald Miller, Cincinnati. Robert James, Wamatosa, Wisconsin. Zelda Cutler, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Robert McKeever, Elizabeth, Pennsylvania. Bud Peterson, Rockford, Illinois. Jerome Brooks, Manchester Depot, Vermont. Dennis Kerr, Roxbury, Massachusetts. Walter Olson, Chicago. Thomas Lynch, Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. Mary Bacanish, Mason, Wisconsin. Alan Carlin, Birmingham, Michigan. Robert Hopkins, Morgantown, West Virginia. David Freeland, Wellesley, Massachusetts. Donald Valley, Niagara, Wisconsin. Bobby Williams, Philadelphia. Olin Hardy, Pooler, Georgia. Lillian Caraba, Ashland, Wisconsin. Don Hazlitt, Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Ronnie Howard, Louisville, Kentucky. Dora Bukili, Revere, Massachusetts. Jerry Smith, Franklin, Pennsylvania. Laverne Johnson, Spring Green, Wisconsin. Jack Kaufman, Medea, Pennsylvania. Erlin Morris, Rockford, Illinois. Frederick Smith, Lowell, Massachusetts. Marlene Wyman, Oil City, Pennsylvania. Lee Asman, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Don Ferguson, Ferndale, Michigan. Virginia Lally, York, Pennsylvania. Donald Johnson, Salt Lake City. Barbara Blair, Boston. Marvin Mogarian, Fresno, California, Gerald Mercier, Detroit, Bruce Kamnitz, Madison, Wisconsin, Durrell DeLong, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Francis Gasson, Pittsfield, Massachusetts, Michael Goldfarb, Chicago, Janet Fisher, Montone, Pennsylvania, John Pavita, South Boston, Massachusetts, James Hanley, Watoma, Wisconsin, Diane Showalter, McKeesport, Pennsylvania, John McKenna, Dorchester, Massachusetts, Dennis Cuffed, Grand Haven, Michigan, and Robert O'Toole, Philadelphia. That's all we have time for today, gang. If you weren't among these, you may be on tomorrow's list, so don't fail to listen. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. As we continue now, Clark Kent and young Dick Grayson, who is really Robin, have arrived at the Metropolis Auditorium, where a huge throng mills around the doors, trying to push their way into the already crowded building. There, Kent flashes his press card, and followed by Dick, is ushered into the auditorium to seats in the front row, directly below the empty, flag-draped stage. Will you please tell me what this is all about, Mr. Kent? Why are we here? What's going on? This, Dick, is a mass meeting which was announced only this afternoon by an organization of selfish, bigoted people who oppose sending food and other help to Europe. You mean the Marshall Plan? Yes, that and any other plan to help war-torn nations. Then what are we doing here? I don't want anything to do with a bunch of selfish mugs who don't want us to help those poor people. Neither do I, Dick. But wait. Nothing we've... doing. I want out. Now, wait a minute, When son. Batman and I were in Europe, we saw people living like like animals without anybody to care about. If you'll them. just listen a moment, Dick. I can no, tell you No, I why... won't listen. I don't want any part of this meeting. Now, look. Besides, go, I've get... got to find Batman. Please, wait a minute. Excuse me, please. Come here. Let me out of Dick, come back here and sit down. I won't. Let me go. Will you sit down? Batman is going to be here. Ba- Batman? 
Here? That's what Inspector Henderson said. The police department issued a permit for the meeting just before he called me. And get this. Batman is going to be the principal speaker. What? What? That's right. He's going Are to be... Are you kidding? Why, Batman wouldn't breathe the same air as this, this rotten crowd. Oh, no. Look. Huh? What? Look up there on the stage. Look who's walking out to speak. Christopher Columbus. It, it is Batman. Eyes bulging, Robin looks up at the tall figure in skin-tight costume, gloves, cape, and bat-like hood and mask, and recognizes his companion, Batman. Can it really be Batman who was out before the huge crowd to speak for a movement which he, Robin, Superman, and other prominent people have condemned as un-American and selfish? What can this mean? There are more surprises and thrills in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 3 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet... More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman is in the Metropolis Auditorium with young Dick Grayson, who is really Robin, Batman's young companion, when a man they believed was dead appears on the stage. Look, Dick. Look who's going to speak. It's Batman. Christopher Columbus. Yes, it is Batman. All right, gang, get set now for more Superman contest winners. You may be among these, so listen carefully. Mary Ann Wedlock, Dodgeville, Wisconsin. Rudolph Pignatelli, Philadelphia. David Gates, Emporia, Kansas. Rose Rubin, Providence, Rhode Island. Beulah Kibble, Cincinnati. James Maxwell, Bridgeport, West Virginia. Alfred Long, Kingston, New York. Mary Revel, Richmond, Kentucky. Marie Quattro, Sacramento, California. Richard Franzozo, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. James Pullman, Fenimore, Wisconsin. Gloria Thomas, Plant City, Florida. Leonard Martin, Minneapolis. Regina Kaufman, Jersey City. James Ridge, Cincinnati. Eddie Sewell, Manhattan Beach, California. James Mathis, Cold Spring, Kentucky. Marlene Wood, Mazomini, Wisconsin. Marie Samandaris, Farmington, Utah. Martha McComb, Orangeburg, South Carolina. Uh, Donna Siebler, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. Janice Cunningham, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Frederick Townsend, New Haven, Connecticut. Kim Bingham, Denver. Marcia Estrin, Bell Harbor, Long Island. Paige Bernstein, Raleigh, North Carolina. John Handy, Bangor, Maine. Larry Warren, Cadillac, Michigan. Mickey Rogola, Kiwani, Illinois, Patricia Mack, Cleveland, Ohio, Thomas Butera, Brooklyn, New York, Gerald Mansky, 
Viroqua, Wisconsin, Mary Jo Conrad, Melrose, Massachusetts, Mary McManus, Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, Lois Dodola, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Jack Hetfield, South Bend, Indiana, Sandra Johnson, Rock Island, Illinois, Brielle Bedoin, Lawrence, Massachusetts, Charlie Kading, Watertown, Wisconsin, Patricia Noonan, Brooklyn, New York, Emile Speranzo, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Guy McCullough, Hudson, Maine, Gail Berg, Berkeley, Illinois, Carolyn Fagg, Albany, Georgia, Billy Gioza, Detroit, David Hill, Bell Buckle, Tennessee, Richard Gleason, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, Grafton Bran, Ellsworth, Maine, Robert Rice, Gloucester City, New Jersey, and Ruth Leenek, Moline, Illinois. And that's all for now. More later in the program, so keep listening. <laughs> Now, the adventures of Superman. Just 12 days ago, the famous Batman wakened Robin, his young companion, from sleep and told him... I'm going away, Robin. I can't tell you where or why. I hope to be back within a week. But if I'm not, well, you may never see me again. Then, when 12 days passed and Batman did not return... A very worried Robin appealed for aid to Clark Kent, who, as we know, is Superman. Searching for a clue in Batman's study, Kent discovered a recently made recording of a conversation between Batman and a mysterious Mr. Jones, a man who had somehow learned that Batman was really a wealthy young man named Bruce Wayne, and who threatened that unless Batman accompanied him to an unnamed destination, he would reveal his secret to the world. A desperate search failed to uncover any trace of Batman or the mysterious Mr. Jones. But early that evening, police inspector Henderson phoned Kent and Robin and told them to go to the Metropolis Auditorium. There, before a huge crowd, a tall figure wearing a skin-tight costume, cape, bat-like hood, and mask, walked out on the stage to address the gathering. Look, Mr. Kent, it's Batman. Certainly looks like him, Dick. It is him. Or else I'm dreaming. You're not dreaming, son. But how could he be here, safe and sound, while letting us think he might be dead? I don't know. Oh, there's something screwy going on. Must be. Can't imagine Batman addressing a selfish, bigoted crowd like this. Starting to speak. Listen. That's Batman, all right. I am wholeheartedly in sympathy with your view. As I am convinced that the future of our great country rests in your hands. And in the hands of those others all over the United States who think the way you do. Did you hear that, Mr. Kent? He's with this mob. Yes, I can't believe it, Dick. Well, if Batman told me once, he told me a hundred times that this bunch were selfish bigots. He said they were a menace to our country. They are. I can't understand this. I think Wait, Dick, let's hear this. Want us to send our hard-earned food, clothing, seed, and agricultural equipment to the nations of Europe. Share what we have for the Smokes, Mr. Kent. I must be dreaming. No, you're not, Dick. But Batman always said the only decent and humane thing to do was to help the starving people in Europe. I know. He went to Washington with me only a few months ago to say the same thing. I can't understand why. Why give our oh, bread and cotton and steel and machinery to somebody else? I ask you, why? If the Europeans want the necessities and luxuries of life, let them make them themselves. How can he say that when he knows their farms and factories and homes were destroyed in the war? And all they're asking for is our help in getting on their feet again. I think I'm beginning to see what's behind this, Dick. Yeah, what? I'll tell you later. Say, Listen. We have our own troubles to worry about. So let's not bother about Europe's too. They got into a mess without our help. Now let them get out of it. Without our help. Jeez. 
my ears must be playing tricks on me, Mr. Kent. I can't believe Batman would ever say such rotten and selfish things. Neither can I. The less we have to do with foreigners, the better. So let them stew in their own juice. And now, in closing, ladies and gentlemen, let me urge you again to refuse to aid Europe. We work hard for what we have, so let's not give it away to a lot of foreigners. I thank you. Batman spoke like a, a selfish bigot and a rabble-rouser, Mr. Kent. Like one of the worst kind, Dick. The meeting's over. Come on. I can't believe it. He, he just the same as said, let those poor people over there starve. That's what he said. But I've known Batman for years, and I know he hates narrow bigots and, and despots like this un-American crowd as much as you and I and all decent Americans hate them. And why did he say all those awful things? Well, my hunch is that he was forced to do this. Forced? Uh-huh. Makes you think so. Remember that recording we found in Batman's study? Oh, you mean that, that fellow Jonesy? Yes. Look, Batman just went into a dressing room. Here's our chance to find out. Come on. There he is, Dick. Batman. Hey, Batman. Oh, hello, Dick. How are you, Kent? All right, Batman, but Where have you I... been? Why did you tell me I might never see you again? Why haven't I... Oh, wait a minute, Dick. It's a long story, and I, I can't go into it now, because I've got another speaking engagement in Willow Falls. What? what gee whiz. Look, Batman, we three are all alone now, so you can drop the pose and talk straight. We heard your speech tonight, and now we oh, want to... Oh, you did, huh? How'd you like it? I thought it smelled. Really? I thought it was quite good. Oh, cut that out, Batman. We know why you made that filthy un-American speech tonight. You see, we found that recording. A recording? Well, what recording, Kent? The one you meant us to find, of course. The one you made the night you left of the conversation between you and that fellow Jones. Oh. Oh, oh, that. We heard him say he knew you were Bruce Wayne, and if you didn't go away with him, he'd tell the whole world. That's why you made that speech tonight, wasn't it, Bat? Because Jones threatened to tell everyone you were Bruce Wayne if you didn't go along with him. Isn't that right? Well, I'm surprised you went along with him, no matter what it meant to you, Batman. You have a great deal of influence and prestige, you know. And a lot of people will believe your lies just because you say them. That's right. But they weren't lies. What? I told the truth. You must be out of your head. Now, listen, Batman. Either this fellow Jones has succeeded in so scaring you that you've turned into a coward, or else you... Now, wait. Get this straight. I'm either a coward or out of my mind, kid. Now, as I said before, I've got another speaking engagement. So I'll have to ask you two to leave. Oh, no, you don't. You're not going to brush me off that easily, Batman. We've been friends for years, and I'm going to find... Wait a minute, Mr. Let me talk to him alone. But look, I know him better than you. Will you wait outside for me, please, in your car? Now, look, I'm in a hurry, Dick. I told you... I don't care, Pappy. You and I are going to have a little power right now. Go on, please, Mr. Kent. Well, all right, Dick. I'll wait for you in my car. Okay. All right, now we're alone. Just you and me. Batman and Robin. So start talking. We'll be back in a moment for the startling climax of today's episode. So keep listening. Stand by now for more contest winners. Here they are. Norman Soam, Brooklyn, New York, Phyllis Bender, Chicago, Illinois, Nancy Burney, Jersey City, Virginia Schrager, Carbonville, Illinois, Lawton Short, Oneonta, New York, Raymond Schenewerk, Port Orchard, Washington, Patricia Smith, Philadelphia, Catherine Benson, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Merrilee Hammond, Los Gatos, California, Eddie Brannan, Griffin, Georgia, Gerald Larson, Janesville, Wisconsin, Stanley Young, Seattle, Washington, Edward Sandridge, Hampton, Virginia, Byron Young, Hayward, California, Barry Somers, New Haven, Connecticut, 
Alexander Young, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. William Mosley, Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. Helen Reese, Janesville, Wisconsin. Constance Isbrisky, Jewett City, Connecticut. Gertrude Bolzner, Jersey City. Shirley Branchford, Dansville, Michigan. John Pennington, America's Georgia. Billy Parker, Scotia, New York. Robert Bromhall, Durham, North Carolina. Jerry Kessler, Brooklyn, New York. Rose Hoffman, Los Angeles. C.J. Clifton, Corinth, Mississippi. Linda Gerard, Brightwaters, New York. Julius DeCoke, South Bend, Indiana. Emily Kramer, Allentown, New Jersey. Mildred Johnson, LaGrange, Illinois. Jack Lapsky, Princeton, New Jersey. Peter Walheim, Philadelphia. Robert Young, Chicago. Nicholas Bilotti, Brooklyn, New York. James Nog, Carteret, New Jersey. Dolores Bry, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Henry Cherry, Kingston, New York. Stuart Wilson, Mount Carroll, Illinois. Lois Inkey, Cleveland, Ohio. Mary O'Malley, Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. Douglas McKinney, San Mateo, California. Livingston Smith, Rensselaer, New York. Alice Chambers, Darby, Pennsylvania. Louis Bojo, Joliet, Illinois. Rosemary Schwor, East Orange, New Jersey. Norman Plourd, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Simone Rohrbach, Philadelphia. James Malley, West Haverstraw, New York. And John Byrne, Chicago. That's all we have time for today, gang. If you weren't among these, you may be on tomorrow's list, so don't fail to listen. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Alone in a dressing room in the Metropolis Auditorium, young Dick Grayson, who is really Robin, appeals to his tall, costumed companion. We've never had any secrets from each other, Batman. So come on, tell me about this trouble you're in. I'm not in any trouble, Dick. Don't give me that. You wouldn't just disappear for almost two weeks and let me worry myself sick and then make a rotten, un-American speech like like some dirty rabble-rouser unless you... Oh, were... Watch your tongue, you brat. Huh? What did you call me? I called you a brat. Now get this through your head. I meant what I said in my speech tonight. I, well, I've been seeing things differently of late. Holy smokes, Mr. Kent must be right. Either you're yellow or you're nuts. I warned you, Robin. Watch your tongue. You watch yours. You never talked to me this way before, and you're not going to start now. I've got another speaking engagement, so I've got to go. Wait, please. Don't go until we've had this out. Take your hands off. Please, Batman, you've got to listen to me. You've got to... I said let go. Oh. That'll hold you, you little punk. Time to go, Batman. Hey, what happened to the kid? He got tough, and I had to take a poke at him, that's all. Let's go, Jerry. Hey, he looks as if he's hurt pretty bad. His head's cut. So what? Banged it against the radiator when he went down. He'll be okay. Come on, let's go. Without a backward glance at the fallen Robin, who lies huddled on the floor unconscious, the tall figure in the famous Batman costume strides from the dressing room with the man he calls Jerry. How can this brutal scene have taken place between Batman and Robin, inseparable as brothers? What can it possibly mean? The mystery deepens even more tomorrow, fellows and girls, when more amazing things happen and Superman decides it is time for him to go into action. So be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 4 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman!
Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as Superman enters a small dressing room in the Metropolis Auditorium where he had left Batman and Robin, he meets with a stunning shock. Great Scott, that's Robin on the floor. Robin, Robin, what happened? Oh, he's unconscious. I'd better get him to a doctor and fast. Up with him. There we are. Now, up and away! All right, gang, get set now for more Superman contest winners. You may be among these, so listen carefully. Rosemarie D'Angelo, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Thelma Parker, St. Mary's, Georgia. Edward Kennedy, Shreveport, Louisiana. James Miller, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jack McElvain, Alexandria, Virginia. Nancy Cowles, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. David Brazier, Deer Park, Ohio. Catherine Schlemmer, Whittier, California. Billy Whitney, College Place, Washington. Mickey McConville, Minneapolis. John Biggerstaff. Mahoningtown, Pennsylvania, Teresa LaBorge, Witherton, New York, Anne McManus, Cambridge, Massachusetts, Malcolm Friedman, Corvallis, Oregon, Bucky Zeitler, LaBerria, Texas, Janet Baker, Sharon, Oklahoma, Michael Chewy, Harvey's Lake, Pennsylvania, Merlene Lawless, Grants Pass, Oregon, Dick Loosebrink, San Diego, California, Gladys Althoff, Powell, Wyoming, Kara McMahon, Lewiston, Idaho, Joan DeVore, Washington, D.C., Muriel Harrison, Fort McCoy, Florida, Geraldine Poison, Freewater, Oregon, Ruth Horton, Livermore, California, Howard O'Connell, Wilson, North Carolina, Doris Pierce, Norfolk, Virginia, Betsy Brown, Kearney, New Jersey, Bob Verdi, North Carrollton, New York, Margie and Brammer, Parker's Prairie, Minnesota, Daryl Carroll, Logan, Utah, Colleen L.A., Adiza, Iowa, Linda Campbell, Dallas, Texas, Jim Roach, Terre Haute, Caroline Root, Nottingham, Pennsylvania, Jimmy Oster, University Heights, Ohio, Bruce Kershaw, Fall River, Massachusetts, Roger Nouth, Oradell, New Jersey, George W. Collins, Corvallis, Oregon, John Wright, Philadelphia, Robert Snyder, Staunton, Virginia, Marie Ciolino, San Francisco, Rosemarie Pergliesi, Brooklyn, New York, Donald Barron, Nanticoke, Pennsylvania, Susan Spinner, Seattle, Washington, Ethel Colco, San Luis Obispo, California, Shirley Wynn, Elk Basin, Wyoming, Donald DeBow, Billings, Montana, Lester Weiner, Dorchester, Massachusetts, and Arthur Leslie, Camden, New Jersey. That's all for now. More later in the program, so keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman. After telling Robin, his young companion, that he might never see him again, the famous Batman disappeared. Then, 12 days later, while Robin and Superman hunted desperately for him... Batman apparently reappeared without notifying his friends and delivered a rabble-rousing un-American speech in Metropolis Auditorium. Unable to believe their ears, Superman and Robin, in their guises of Clark Kent and Dick Grayson, respectively, hurried to Batman's dressing room after the speech. But when they were given a cold reception, Robin asked Kent to leave, then appealed to Batman to explain his amazing behavior. To his utter bewilderment, the man he considered his dearest friend turned on him viciously. When Kent returned a short time later, he found Batman gone and Dick lying on the floor, unconscious. As Superman, Kent rushed Dick to the office of a nearby doctor, where the boy was treated for a scalp wound. Now, a little while later, Robin is again alone with Kent, heartbroken and close to tears. He hit me, Mr. Kent. Batman hit me. He called me a brat and then he slugged me. He never did anything like that before, never. I know, Dick. He never even lost his temper with me before. I, 
can't understand it, Mr. Kent. I just can't understand it. I can't understand that any more than I can understand Batman's making that rabble-rousing, un-American speech at the auditorium. Why, if I hadn't heard him myself, I never would have believed it. Oh, look, Mr. Kent, do you suppose that fellow Jones, the man we heard on the recording with Batman, do you think he's making him act this way? Could be, Dick. Could be. But the Batman I knew would have knocked Jones down regardless of what it meant to him before he would make such a selfish, bigoted, un-American speech. Yeah, I guess he would. Then why is he acting this way? Well, offhand, I can think of only two reasons, Dick. Such as? First, it's just possible that Batman doesn't know what he's doing because he's sick. Mentally sick as a result of something fed or injected into him by the mysterious Mr. Jones. But he didn't seem sick. His eyes were clear and his voice, his movements, they were just the same as always. Yes, but his thoughts and his actions were entirely different from what they always were. No, Dick, I still say Batman is either sick or else... Or else what? Well, that's something I'd rather not talk about yet. It, it seems too utterly fantastic. Oh, come on, Mr. Kent. Tell me, please. No, I'd rather check my theory first. Look, uh, Batman said he had another speaking engagement tonight in Willow Falls, didn't he? Uh-huh. All right, I'm going up to Willow Falls, and before this night is over, I'm going to find out if Batman is sick or... Well, the other thing. Swell, I'll go with you. No, no, Dick, you're still a little groggy. Oh, uh, no, no, I'm okay now. Honest. I want to go, Mr. Kent. I'd rather you didn't, Dick. I want to talk to Batman alone. Oh, well, okay. Good fella. Now, get your coat on. I'll take you over to Jim Olsen's house. Jim Olsen's? Mm -hmm. What for? Because if my second theory is right, you may be in danger. So I'd rather you were someplace else than your home until I get back. Oh, don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. Well... Besides, until I know what gives with Batman, I want to be at home. In case he calls and needs me. Well, that's the way you want it. All right, Dick. I'll run you home, then I'll hop up to Willow Falls and have it out with Batman. Come on, let's go. After seeing Robin safely to his home, Clark Kent secretly resumes his true identity. Then, as Superman, he streaks 30 miles north to the bustling town of Willow Falls. There, after again assuming his disguise of mild-mannered, bespectacled Clark Kent, he approaches the Willow Falls Opera House. Crowds are filing into the building, outside of which is a life-sized lithograph of Batman in costume and a huge sign which reads... Batman speaks here tonight. Making his way to the stage entrance, Kent speaks with the doorman. My name is Clark Kent. I'm a reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet. I'd, I'd like to uh, interview Batman. Oh, he ain't here yet. Are you sure? It's 8.45, and I noticed he's scheduled to speak at 9 o'clock. I know, but he phoned in a little while ago to say he'd be late. He did, eh? Yeah, he's driving up from Metropolis, but he said he had some trouble with his car. Expects to be here about 9.30, thereabouts. I see. Uh, do you mind if I come in and wait for him? No, I don't mind. Come on in. Thanks. As Kent enters the opera house in Willow Falls to wait for Batman, Robin, in his house in Metropolis, tries to concentrate on a book. But restless and worried, he soon tosses it away and turns on the radio. A moment later, he snaps that off and takes to pacing the floor. Then, when the phone rings, he fairly leaps across the room to answer it. Hello? Is that you, Robin? Yes, uh, Batman. Chick, listen, chum. Where are you, Batman? What's happened to you? I'm so worried, I'm going nuts. Take it easy, Robin. We can explain everything. Oh, we'll start explaining. Mr. Kent thinks you're sick in the head, but I know it can't be that. <laughs> Kent thinks I'm sick, huh? Yeah, he went up to Willow Falls to see you. Is that where you are now? No, I'm in Metropolis. You are? Well, come on home right now. We can get this all straightened out. I can't come home now, Robin. Why not? Because I'm on a big job. But 
job for the police department? Bigger than that. The government? I I can't tell you any more over the phone. Listen, can't you use a hand on this job? Can't I help? Yes, that's the reason I called you. I need you, chum. Oh, now you're talking our language. Just say where and when, Pappy. You know where the old River Hotel is? The River Hotel? Seems to me I remember it. Uh, an old dump down on the waterfront? That's it. I'm there now. Room 314. 314. Check. Now get this. I'm listening. Keep this strictly on the QT. Don't tell Kent or even Alfred that I call. Or where you're going. Understand? I'll make like a clam, Pappy. Good. Get on your horse then, Robin. And get set for a big surprise. Now hurry. What is the big surprise that has just been promised the now happy Robin? We'll be back in a moment to find out, so keep listening. Stand by now for more contest winners. Here they are. Marilyn Kornberg, Brooklyn, New York. Bill Bruckett, Chicago. Sharon Avery, Bremerton, Washington. Myrna Barroza, North Sacramento, California. Donald Shanton, Portland, Oregon. James Boos, Huron, Ohio. Tommy Paulson, Washington, D.C. Louis Abitula, Oakland, California. Edward Smith, Uxbridge, Massachusetts. Dave Schneider, Schofield, Wisconsin. Angela McCauley, Floral Park, New York. Ronald Tallman, Manville, New Jersey. John Willows, Lewiston, Idaho. Harry Tykes, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Billy Grubb, Canton, Ohio. Mary Mazzella, Princeton, New Jersey. James Smith, Norwalk, Connecticut. Ruth Heckethorne, Van, Pennsylvania. Bob Johns, Portland, Oregon. Bobby Ludwig, Highland, Ohio. Charles Russell, North Hollywood, California. Robert Riley, Port Blakely, Washington. Lewis Hall, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Janet Moden, Portland, Oregon. Judith Ranson, Windsor, Connecticut. Larry Connor, Los Angeles. Skig Nakagawa, Powell, Wyoming. Norman Forrester, Walla Walla, Washington. Hubert Smith, Asheville, North Carolina. David Moeller, Englewood, Colorado. John McSweeney, Bell Harbor, New York. Mike Berger, Murray, Utah. Nellie Gregg, Morgantown, West Virginia. Davis Hess, Athena, Oregon. Leonard Pusinen, Plainville, Connecticut. Vivian Powers, Philadelphia. Harold Clark, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Raymond Dunhuber, Forest Hills, Long Island. Carol O'Brien, Jamaica Plains, Massachusetts. Joseph Hertzstein, Camden, New Jersey. John Caperna, School Kill Haven, Pennsylvania. Mary Tartiff, Lewiston, Maine. Mac Perry, Cherry Valley, Arkansas. James Morbeck, Chicago. Dora Clifford, Shelbyville, Tennessee. Gail Donnelly, Grant City, Staten Island. Jack O'Mara, Snyder, New York. Dennis Primer, Roscoe, California. Floyd Weiss, Brooklyn, New York. And Randall Prophet, Christianburg, Virginia. That's all we have time for today, gang. If you weren't among these, you may be on Monday's list, so don't fail to listen. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Dressed as Dick Grayson, Robin has just arrived at the River Hotel, an ancient, decaying, evil-smelling structure situated in an area on the waterfront where many of the shady element of the city congregate. In the small, paint-peeled lobby, furnished with a few sagging horsehair chairs, two furtive-eyed men glance sharply at Robin, then quickly look away. And the sleepy, bleary-eyed clerk at the switchboard seems to take no notice of the youngster as he walks swiftly to the rickety, uncarpeted stairs and takes them two at a time. On the third and top floor, where a single small electric bulb only seems to make the shadows deeper, Robin reads the numbers with difficulty on the cheap, scarred doors. Finally, he finds room 314, the number Batman had given him at the end of the hall. He stops and knocks on the door. Hiya, Batman. What the... Stepping into the room, Robin stops short as he sees a bald, heavy-set, unshaven man sitting in a chair facing the door. 
In his hand, the man holds a revolver which he points at Robin. Another man, very tall and thin in shirt sleeves, lounges alongside the door. There is no one else in the room. Then, as Robin starts to step backward, the heavyset man in the chair calls out. Stay right where you are, sonny boy. Close the door, Lou. What's the idea? Where's Batman? <laughs> you want to know where Batman is, huh? Yeah, what's so funny? Where is he? What goes on here? You'll find out, sonny boy. You'll find out. But you ain't gonna like it. <laughs> no, you ain't gonna like it at all. What does this mean? Was Robin deliberately led into an ambush by Batman? It hardly seems possible. But then other things Batman has done since his strange reappearance have hardly seemed possible, too. What will happen now to Robin as Superman, 30 miles away in Willow Falls, is unaware of this latest and serious development? There's more excitement and baffling mystery in Monday's thrilling episode, gang, much more. So be sure to listen. Don't fail to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for Chapter 5 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.